You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 288, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners just like you. Here's a hymn to welcome in the day, heralding a summer's early sway, and all the bulbs all coming in to begin. Thrushes bleeding battle with the wrens disrupts my reverie again. Well, hello there. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 288, the finest comic podcast in all the land. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And uh, filling in for the MIA on the run, Connor Kilpatrick. I believe that this, he's was last seen near the border between Texas he's, and Mexico. He's definitely near the border. Yeah. He's going to make a run for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got Ryan Haupt. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. I will do my best to try and sound bald. Yeah, do your Ow. best. <laughs> you, you might want to. What's the temperature like down where you are? Is it hot? It's hot. All right, it's good. hot. All right, then it is hot. I'm in the south. I'm then way south of you guys. You're primed and ready then. So I need you to make up your mind about some things. Me? And stick with it. <laughs> in a Connor-like fashion. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I've got lots of rules. I'm going to throw out some stats at some point. Good. Very good. Uh, Very good. There's going to be a proclamation that's never going to be rescinded. <laughs> Just stick to, stick to your word. Anyway, we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is a website that's dedicated to the wonderful world of comic books. Every week, uh, we go to our comic book store, and we buy a stack of comics, and one of us has the, the duty, to uh, the, the responsibility, to go through that stack and pick one book that they deemed was the pick of the week and write a review of it on ifanboy.com. Then we come back here to discuss it, as well as all the other books that came out this week, as well as other uh, bits of comic book paraphernalia and uh, miscellanea and other words that end in A. Um, but before we get into the show, I uh, want to remind everybody that th- this is a review show. We're going to be talking about what happens in the comics, so we might spoil some things. So if you haven't read your comics yet, press pause, come back, listen to it later. We don't want to ruin your comic book experience, and only you can control your comic book experience, so be warned. Uh, this week... Josh has the pick, unlike the script says. There's your mistake. Uh, so, Josh, take it's it away. Def- it's definitely not Connor. With it the definitely pick. was not Connor. Yes. Although I, I almost, fair, I literally almost read it just blind. So, to be fair, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be. Yes. So, yeah, but go. but then the law got involved and Connor had to hit the road. I tailor for the border. I'm on the run and the cops got my gun and right about now we should have some fun. So I picked. <laughs> uh, I picked, and, and this is going to come to no surprise, I played right to type. I went with American Vampire, Survival of the Fittest, number one. Um, and, and later I will complain about the fact that all the titles are getting just too damn long. Yes, but they are. But first, <laughs> uh, it, they don't fit in a headline very well. Um, you know, I read a lot of good books. I didn't, I didn't have a huge stack of stuff, but there was, there was, I had a bunch of fives, and like, I finished everything, and I, I had a tough time going, now, which is the one that, that I, that I want to make the pick of the week, which is the one that I have something to say about. And as I was sort of looking through the contenders, and we're going to be talking about the other good books that are coming up, um, as I was looking through them, I just sort of noticed, for me, what, one of the things that I like about comics, and, and I really I like long-form storytelling in general. I like uh, you know TV shows that tell a story over a very long period of time that's sort of one narrative, um, which, which we've been very lucky to have a lot of, the sort of HBO-style shows. And, and that's one of the things that I think comic books do best. It's one of the things that Vertigo does better than almost anybody, and... American Vampire it was is a really good example of it and as I kept going through this issue I kept seeing the the scope so what we did what they did here is we took um in the main title this is a mini series it's the I think it's a five part mini series uh and and this is the first issue of it and 
basically in the main series they are over in the Pacific during World War II, and this is in it's going to be in Europe. They're not there yet. It's in starts in March of 1941. If those of you know your history, uh, Pearl Harbor is December of 1941. They're in Africa by 1942. Yada yada yada. Um, and but at this point the Nazis have invaded uh, all over Europe and, and things are going down and and this story exists within quote unquote the real world so so we're going through history of the in the in the 20th century and and this is all wrapped up in that um, so they've taken a couple of characters that were in the last arc and they put them in this side meanwhile they're telling a con- concurrent story over in the other uh, in the main title. And, and I just – I love the scope of this. I love the size of it. Now, you don't have to have read anything that came before it to read this mini, and that's, that's actually a really key point. It, you, could, you could enjoy it just the same either way. But if, if you do, you just start to see the scope because each you know, character has a, a big backstory behind them and, and, and in front of them, to be honest. And it's just such a big – big story or at least the possibility of a big story that you don't really know where it's going to end or pick up or which direction it's going to go in and you know we've we've talked about a lot of nazis in comic books i think that that's that's a trope that pro nazi well well hold on we gotta be careful when we say that i mean pro nazis in comic books yes we're not but i i really (laughs) i'm not sick of it never and 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 you know it's not like you know when gorillas were all over everything and the ninjas and the pirates and the zombies and the whatever like for whatever reason, a Nazi is the perfect comic book villain, and some people would say it's lazy, and other people would just say it's it's played out or whatever. Like, but when you mix it with vampire, in the cover is a vampire Nazi guy, and I and you know that guy is going to get shot in the head, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it helps knowing that Nazis are real, and everybody knows gorillas are made up. Right, yeah, there you go. Again, it's the one group of 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 humans, or you know, at least in the real life, that you can really pretty much hate outright and feel completely justified about. There's no there's no guilt about that. There's just Nazis were bad, bad dudes. And so they make good bad guys, especially in context of, you know, the, of the 20th century. It's a significant thing. So when you're re- weaving your story in with a real thing, it's there. Uh, now, now, one of the things that that was that was really great about this series is that Sean Murphy, uh, an artist who is I, I want to say up and coming, although I don't think he's really broken in a big, big way yet, uh, is, is doing amongst, this amongst those of us who know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed up in Joe the Barbarian with Grant Morrison, which, uh, which by the way, is it's quite a debut. It's quite no, a, but that be- wasn't his debut. Before that, he did Off Road, which was at Oni, and then was quick was recently re re released by IDW, which which oh. uh, which he wrote and drew, which was awesome, was really good. And then he get, he kind of he got a big break with um with Joe the Barbarian, and now this. Um, I'll be honest with you. I I mean I bought this book. Mm-hmm. Um, before I knew it was your pick of the week, I'm not reading American Vampire. You know how I, you know, like I'm, I don't really like vampires, all that sort of stuff. But um, you, Sean Murphy, draw something. I'm there. Doesn't matter. Yeah, what it and, is. yeah. And, and he is. He's getting to be that kind of artist for me. I, I think I've bought everything that he's been on since uh, since I became aware of him. And uh, you know, it's just it's beautiful. Like it's a, it's a wonderful looking book. And and further, like he's really depicting the time period. He's he's getting into the the period. Uh, one of the, my one of the favorite parts of this book is that the vampire hunter cabal, uh, whatever they're called, I forget. The vassals of the morning star, or something. There like you that. go. That's a good. I, th- I this believe my, I heard. This is my first issue of American Vampire, by the way. And, and it worked out for you. Paul told me to read it. Uh, Paul, yeah, Paul was asking me about one of the plot points from a scientific perspective, and uh, it got me curious enough to pick it up. And then it happened to be your pick, and I happened to be sitting here, and now well, I'm prepared. What, what was the scientific plot point? Uh, the wooden bullets. He wanted to know if they would work. Would they work? I don't know. I mean, at point blank. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love how Paul came to you with a with a like. Oh, I've got a I got a scientific question. Oh, we've got Ryan. He's our scientist. Excellent. Would these work? I don't know. So it did. <laughs> it did give me an idea. He's a we developed. 
I mean, well, yeah, but, you know, it's just basic force, impact, kinetics, all that stuff. We need to do a Mythbusters iFanboy show That's crossover. Yeah. If you put a cap on the base of it, it should work. Right. I, it, well, it depends. I mean, does it matter if it shatters? Because as long as it no. doesn't hit bone, I think it would be okay. And then if it's if it's a splinter of wood, I think it could get to the heart and kill. As the long vampire. as the wood is well, as long as the wood penetrates the heart, I think you're good to go. Yeah, then I think it would work just fine. Uh, anyway, so their secret headquarters uh, is is in the basement or the sub level, the hidden sub level of the American Museum of Natural History. Which is yeah, awesome. that, was sci- that was some scientist porn right there. That was awesome. Yeah, it really was, and you know, I've been in that building, and it it, it was great. It was just it was really cool, and it you and know that, that two page spread was beautiful. Yeah. It really was yeah, with I mean, sort of all the guys walking around with the piles of books. And, I mean, that that's the thing about Sean Murphy is that he's got this really kind of um, sketchy kind of style, but like some of the detail he busts out, and, and like and it's not even like super super detail. It's like just enough to give you to put you in that moment. He really did that um, on Joe the Barbarian, like to the nth degree, and it's great to see it happening here again. And I, I mean, th- that that page was the page where I went, wow. Well, and, and then actually on that same spread, if you look at the bottom and they, they show uh, Agent Book walking by yep. in her outfit, which is which is sort of retro but looks sort of modern at the same time. It looks like it looks like a fashion magazine like sort of sketch. Yeah. And so it's also got that like it feels of the time and, and the way that he did the wardrobe throughout the whole thing was really cool. But, you know, at the same time, like it's just it's slightly stylized in, in a way where just everybody looks kind of cool and it's that hyper reality thing. Um, and I, I just loved it. I, I, I literally can't wait to see when he starts drawing the castles in the next one. I'm told that there is a motorcycle chase coming. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I really like these characters. These are my two favorite characters from the last arc. Cash is my favorite character from this whole thing so, so far. So this isn't so. this isn't Grifter? Uh, no. That's but not could, maybe, for, a, for a moment maybe. I was like, is that Cole Cash? No. Listen, <laughs> could happen. They're gonna right they're gonna relaunch all these books in September, so they're all gonna get blended. <laughs> Could you imagine no... they brought American Vampire into the DC universe? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> please don't. That would be funny. <laughs> Seriously, please, please don't. Uh, you know, but at the end, like it's just this big, big story, and this is just a little part of it. But I love the fact that it was crafted so well that that Ryan, you could go in and pick it up. Ron, you hadn't read any of this, had you? No, uh, no I haven't read any American Vampire yet. And I just right, so and yeah. you know, you didn't have any trouble. You knew right where you were. You knew who these characters were. Exactly. Uh, it was it was a really good issue, and uh, I, I I love that it's a it's a wonderful jumping on point for lots of people, and it, it sounded like lots of people gave it a shot, which I was pretty glad about because it's a really fun book. Cool. Well, and I'll go ahead and say that, you know, half the reason I was uh, comfortable checking it out is the Don't Miss podcast. You know, that I listened to that and I was like, oh, that sounds like a point where I can get on board. Yeah. There you go. So well, you're on board. And here we are. We're all on board. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep buying it purely because of uh, Sean Murphy. And maybe this will spur me into getting into the American Vampire. I did do, you even read it? Did you just you just looked at the pictures? No, I totally read it. I totally read the newspaper, dude. I thought that was great. I thought that was really yeah. cool. No, I, I, was I, good. I, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like I, I feel bad because I really like Scott Snyder as a person. And I recognize his writing talent. It just he keeps writing things I don't read. So it's. It, it I mean, I, I get that. Like, there's lots of guys who do horror stuff, and I don't normally like horror stuff. Yeah. But uh, this is sort of outside of that. This has enough history stuff mixed in with that stuff that, and and the way that he does vampires is each vampire there's like different species of them, so they have different. Love things. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a scientist going. Ooh. Oh, that's some evolutionary <laughs> biology right there. Yeah. Yes, give it to me. Oh man! All right. Well, so uh, speaking, the, let's... Yeah, speaking of evolutionary biology, um, so Flashpoint time. Uh, four new number ones came out with with Flashpoint tie-ins. Uh, uh, did you guys buy any of them? 
Yes. I bought one of them. Okay, so uh, it's a chime in. We're going to go through all four of them. We're going to keep it short and quick, but um, we're going to start with uh, Flashpoint Emperor Aquaman, or as I like to call, the angriest man in the universe. <laughs> so I'm tired of everyone making fun of him. So angry, so... Urgh. Um, am I the only one who bought? Did anyone else buy this? I read this. I, okay, I considered it, but I did not buy it. Okay, so Ryan, what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was an interesting enough setup that I'll probably pick it up again, but I'm not completely sold. I was a little confused. I, I, cause, I, cause they they keep referring to this failed pairing of Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and that's what started the whole war. But then there's Mera is in this, and Aquaman's mad because Mera was killed, and so I was like, wait, but wasn't he with Wonder Woman? So a little confusing. I thought it was there's me- a lot of jumping back and forth in time. Yep. that's not necessarily always clear. They could have done a better job distinguishing between the two time. Yep, they're tr- they're trying to explain so much, so much, but but what's pretty cool is that a lot of it seems to hinge around Geoforce and Terra, which is which is pretty cool, which I didn't see coming. So um, my favorite part about this issue was the fact that uh, we've complained a little bit, or I guess you guys have complained on the show. I've complained, just nobody's listening. That um, <laughs> there's a lot of just at home, you're ranting, you're just <laughs> <laughs> talking into my iPod. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of exposition about like oh, and then you know this relationship fell through, and then this happened. Don't you remember? And somebody right. in this book, one of the characters, I think it's uh, Orm or something like that, finally just goes, "Don't you think I know that I was there?" So yeah, uh, Flashpoint's got a lot of that yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So uh, gonna keep buying it, Ryan. For one more issue, it's it's in a grace period right now. Okay, also, well, it's really only a three issue series. So once you buy the second issue, you're two thirds of the way in. So you might as well just buy the third issue. No, I'm not like no, you. No, walk <laughs> away, man. Nice. Um, I I am gonna keep buying it because I feel as if it's kind of crucial to the conflict in the main book. You know, like the war. So I'm gonna keep buying it, even though I'm not in love with it. Um, all right, uh, Frankenstein and the Creatures of the Unknown, written by Jeff Lemire, drawn by Ibram Roberson. I have one word for this, and that word is yes. This is Hellboy in the DC Universe. This was this was very nearly pick of the week. Yeah, it was uh, close. I, 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 it, warmed, it warmed on me as I turned each page. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that was really beautiful about it was that it showed uh, the sort of remarkable range that either Jeff Lemire has or, that, or is developing. Yeah. I thought um, that too. It, like he really it didn't I, – I, if you hadn't told me this was Jeff Lemire, I would have never, ever, ever guessed it. And I know he loves classic DC stuff. Yep. Um, and it is. It is just sort of Hellboy in the DC. But, but Frankenstein is different than Hellboy. I like that he takes no guff. He's <laughs> – no time for words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is, is, if, if this is the official continuity, um, does, it was Frankenstein who killed Hitler. Yes, which was awesome. That's fine. <laughs> but off it happened panel. off panel. I was upset. It was off panel, yeah. too. We didn't see a body. Yeah. My uh, God. GI robot shows up. There's a that was good. very well, cranky the, vampire well, who's sort of snotty. The big thing that happens is that in this issue, you know, we get introduced to Frankenstein and his team during World War II, and then they get put in the stasis and they get brought back now in 2011. Um, did you notice the broken vault door with the Superman crest big on it? Superman seal I on did. it, yeah. I feel like that's the first Flashpoint mention of Superman. Yeah. I think that's yeah. going to be Superboy, though. I think that's going to be Cadmus something or other. Oh, really? That's my guess. All right. So uh, we keep, we sticking with this book? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yes. Fantastic. Me too. I'm sticking with Five that Five stars. That was fantastic. This is fun. Um, all right. Citizen, <laughs> Citizen Cold, written and drawn by Scott Collins. Anybody? Which style did he use? I read it. Um, you re- okay, so you read it. So he, it's the it's the new style, but not as uh, drastic. And I think it might be because uh, Matt Adia, color the colorist on it, might have uh, had a bit more to play on it than you previously. Um, I actually wasn't as bad as previous Scott Collins stuff. I'll be curious to find out what Connor thought of it when he um, it, when if he ever makes bail. But um, how, how was the uh, how was the story? We've got just a, a writer, an artist turned writer. Story was fine. I mean, I mean, Ryan, did you think there were any problems with it or? Um, no, I mean, it 
didn't leave a huge impact on me, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I definitely I did read it. Yeah, I mean, it was very small tale. I mean, basically, so basically, Citizen Cold is um, uh, Central City's hero, and but it's he's still Len Snart, and he's still a bastard, and he's like he's dealing with this secret that you know if they found out who I really was, they wouldn't like me as much, um, which I thought was a clever kind of uh, positioning for it. And then uh, you had like I like there was a moment where he was uh, in a fight, a very public fight with somebody, and the crowd is chanting "Cold Snap." Cold Cold snap, like the, like like it was like it was, well, it was a, Mr. Freeze. He was fighting yeah, Mr. Freeze, exactly. And it was it was an interesting take on it. But what I thought was even more interesting is that we had a powerless Wally um, make an appearance, um, yep. and then it looks like he actually uh, Cold gets the jump on Wally, and looks like now we know why Wally isn't around. It comes September, possibly. <laughs> uh, is this the same Citizen Cold from the Flash series? Sort of well, yeah, it's, of... Len, it's Len Snart. No, 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 no. It, it's Captain Cold. It's ca- it's it's, oh, who, okay. it's who we know as Captain Cold in the Flashpoint world. No, it's not the future Cold guy. So. He knows. Is he know who he was in the previous no, world? No, like, no, like nope. Barry. Nope. Okay. Nope. All he knows is that that he is a he has positioned himself as a hero, but he knows deep down that he's not that he's he's using this as a way. Like he's using it for for popularity and for endorsements. Man. Yeah, exactly. And 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 there's a shot where he's boozing it up with a chick, and yeah, and, and I mean, like it totally like he's not a. And there's a lot of like he's got a big penthouse of the pool and he's just saying he's just like you know like no one can know who i am you know i gotta get out of here i gotta disappear you know i gotta retire because like because for some reason if people find out because his brother was a crooked cop and um that you tell you get a sense that he's tied up with his brother somehow and if people find and that basically what happens is that wally uh, is following him and gets a picture of him and finds out that he's len snart and that's why uh, he gets to jump on him and kills him so uh, it was pretty good actually i was impressed so i'm gonna keep it um, and then finally, we had Deathstroke and the Curse of the Ravager, um, written by Jimmy Palmiotti, drawn by Joe Bennett. Anybody? Jimmy Palmiotti's own or with Justin Gray? Jimmy Palmiotti on his own. Wow. And this is tales of uh, Deathstroke the Pirate, and basically he's searching for his daughter, Rose, who apparently is captured by somebody, and that's why that's what he's doing. And it ends with, um, it ends with the moment in Flashpoint when Aquaman um, at- attacked Deathstroke's ship, and it ends with Aquaman stabbing Deathstroke with the trident. Um, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't that. There will be no issue too. No, yeah, <laughs> but um, I didn't love Joe Bennett's art, and I'm probably not gonna stick with it because I don't really see how it ties into the greater story. So, well, all right, there you go. So there's your flashpoint moment for, uh, I'm gonna, for this week. Uh, I'm gonna guess if most people uh, didn't think that I was going to pick American Vampire, they would have thought that I would have gone with Scalp Number Forty Nine, which gets the award for the most Fargo slash Ebuzemi scene of the week. <laughs> uh, if you've been following this along. Uh, I won't give it away because a lot of people read it in trades. But uh, the thing happened at the end, and it was quite grisly. And and with that, I will read say, it. I want to know what happened. Shut your fucking mouth! Like that. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He gets shot clean through the cheek. Wow. I didn't say who, but you don't want that to happen at all. Uh, sort of like a big tumultuous uh, actiony kind of ending where a bunch of things came together. Um, it sort of had to where it did, but I can't say I was terribly surprised. And I was actually a little sort of confused about who everybody was and where they were going because I just didn't remember what had happened before. Um, so it was good, but I, I don't think it was quite good enough to make pick of the week, which was why. But it was a, a really big moment. Like uh, We've talked about this, but like you can, you can definitely start to feel like this is the downhill sprint part because oh, yeah, the, the, end ha- the end has to come soon because well, you, can, you can't just keep going forever. It might be within 10 issues. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the vertigo model. <laughs> and, you know what? Hey, I, I can't complain about that at all. But uh, yeah, so we're coming up on issue fifty. That's not a bad. This is forty nine. So yeah. fifty is the one. Uh, Net, aliens come next next issue as far oh, as right, I yeah. <laughs> well no 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 Jason told us in, in WonderCon how it all ends it all ends that they're all going to have a, a picnic 
and they're gonna play. They're gonna have a softball game like the X Men do, and it's gonna be really happy. That's so nice. I know. What I love about that. Now, by the way, Dad, if anybody ever wants to go and watch our video show and find, like, if I ever edited, like, my compilation of favorite moments, that is possibly one of my favorite moments purely for the smile that Jason has on his face. And when he makes the swing in the baseball bat hand motion, when they're (laughs) going to play a softball game, like, he got really excited about that idea. (laughs) That would be great, by the way. I I wouldn't complain if that happened. Yeah. Is Fred Crow and and Dash? They I think feel like they have to, if they just if they just reconcile everything, then maybe maybe everyone could be happy. Is it cheesy to say bury the hatchet? (laughs) A little bit. I think it's racist. Is it racist? (laughs) Not sure. sure. (laughs) Awkward. Awkward. So anyway, so um, so death of Spider Man, um, Ultimate Spider Man issue one fifty nine continues on, and he's still not not dead yet. (laughs) He's he's not even close to dead. I think it's a metaphor. I, I don't know. What I to don't tell know, you. man. That, the end of that issue made it seem like it was about to become a lot less metaphorical and a lot more real. Yeah, it seems real. It seems real dire. This I thought this issue was great. I I agree. This is another one that could have been pick of the week. It yeah. was just 159 issues in, and this is still fascinating. The like the only thing that I thought was kind of weird, and I guess this is your spoiler for it, but. I, I don't know. Aunt May with the gun was a little like, where'd well, she get the gun? Well, I don't why know why she, I took why why he took the mask off. In the yeah. last issue, I still don't understand why. Oh, he watched the movie, and oh he yeah, that was the <laughs> oh the big battle. I'm supposed to take the mask off, right? Okay, right. but um, also, yeah, no, Ant May with the so what happens is that he squares off against the Sinister Six, and and he gets some licks in, but ultimately gets his ass kicked, and it looks like he's about to um, uh, he's cu- about to get, and then, uh, but of course, you know, like Sandman's about to take him out, but then Electro. Uh, gets in the way and the for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I want. I, he's mine. You know, like the kind of bullshit. And then that Electro a- gets shot and a gun rings out. And it was Aunt May packing. And uh, so I, I guess if I had anything to complain about, it would be those, those sort of plot twists. But the yeah. characterizations more than make up for it for me. Right. And and the other thing, reading this like. Not for nothing, but but Mark Bagley is really just one hell of a storyteller. And yeah, I know that we say stuff like that a lot, but his his panels his are effortless. Like. Moment to moment, like you know exactly what's going on. Like, he's really good, and it, it, like when we talk about that, like look at his panels, and it just shows you how to sort of progress through the actions yep. in like as good as possible. So the the one the one nitpick I have about it is the scene where uh, Aunt May and Gwen are, are driving and they're getting away, they're getting out of the city. Um, now maybe Mark Bagley's never been to New York City or whatnot, but it really looks like they're on the Hutch. And okay. she turns around and gets back to Queens in like two pages. Yeah, that that didn't happen. Oh no, that certainly didn't. <laughs> that was some fast driving. <laughs> really good chance the hutch was flooded for one thing. Exactly, exactly. And I don't know and what time have, this is she'd supposed have to, get to over, be. She'd have to get over to the bridge, and it would. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> no, it's dark, so yeah. there's no chance. Yeah, yeah. Anytime yeah. after dark, there's at least going to be one traffic Con- yeah, construction or something going on. Yeah, yeah. But maybe so, she's maybe she's on the island. But why would she be going out there? She'd have nowhere to get to. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. That's why I think. And, and looking at it, it, looks like a parkway. It doesn't look like she's on on ninety five. It looks like she's on the hutch. So. But anyway, wow. So no, but I thought this was great. Uh, one other little nitpick was that um, Electro sure looks a lot. Uh, uh, Bagley's Electro sure looks a lot like Ice Iceman. He does. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wait. He a certainly minute. does. Yeah. That's almost. It feels like it's coloring as much as it is yeah. pencils. Yeah, yeah. It might be. But um, no. But I thought this this was great. And and next issue, I guess we'll he'll finally die next issue. God, already. Come Jeez, on. Jeez, finally. Anyway. Um. All right. So Echo number thirty from Terry Moore, the last issue, final issue. Um, Don't say anything. Uh, did you not get it? 
I, I fell off issues a while ago because uh, it never came in the same week that it came out. So I said I'm going to make the the switch, enough. and now I'm just going to buy it when it comes out in one thing. That's it's fair. been so long. Um, it, it ended. It ended solidly. Uh, not as emotional as the ending of Strangers of Paradise. Well, no. Um, but a little bit. There was a couple. How could it be? Of, yeah. Um, this is one of those rare times where two panels can be lettered using Comic Sans, and I won't get angry. Really? Yeah. Terry uses Comic Sans. I don't know why. It's not the first time he's used it. It's not. Hmm. I should I should email about that. Yeah, his his um as great of a illustrator as he is, his his uh photography leaves something to be desired. But um uh <laughs> but but well, <laughs> what? I want to see photography as a word. It is. I, I want it to be if it isn't, but oh, I want it, it to be I want that to be on the book cover. <laughs> Just because they would be very out of place. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, it was great. A lot of good action. It came to a conclusion. Came to you know, like they, you know, and and it was just it was what I would expected and and hope for from the uh, from the end of the series. And so it's great. And I would be moaning and complaining that I'm going to live in a world that Terry Moore. But we got Rachel Rising coming in July, so I'm I'm fine with that. I think so. he's got a problem. I think he, he I think he's awesome. He wins. He can't stop. He can't stop making comics. It's brilliant. But um. <laughs> And it ended, it ended with in a nice little like ooh you know like the, the, it opened it ended for, uh, keeping it open for a sequel, which very is, cool yeah which is good which and if the movie does well then if the movie happens then you know you never know but you uh, know what I like about Terry Moore is that he's dependable yes like like the thing is he's gonna go in and do I mean he he writes letters draws he produces the whole thing himself. But like fucking clockwork. Like there was never like, oh, is he going to be late? Is he going to be able to finish it? Like, yeah. no, of course he's going to finish it. He's got he has he has an amazing work ethic. Yeah, and and it but it but I like that it's just you can set your watch by it. Yeah, yeah. And and I I'm really impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's really good. So seriously, if you haven't read Echo, it's all done now. Go pick up the trades or wait up. They'll probably collect all thirty issues into one volume. Um, definitely, definitely pick it up. Uh, Ryan, did you read this? I think this would be up your alley with science. Uh, I read the first few issues and then they made a decision similar to Josh. Okay, well, you, you, I want you to read it and come report back to me because there's one issue that was like scientastic. And, All right, I, I can. You will love it. So, Ryan, do you like other things? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, but he's, I don't, <laughs> don't want to paint you as one dimension. No, no, I did it. You did it. We're just. I'm well, just, I mean, but we don't really have an excuse to talk about beer and things. You know, I mean, like science. That's your, that's your hobby, beer. Uh, I, I do enjoy craft beer. Uh, you know, I like to ski. Like, I went water skiing the other weekend. Uh, I saw Ron in London, so yeah. I liked London. Um, really? <laughs> I like London. That happened? <laughs> yeah, that happened, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ron and I hung out in London. It was cool. <laughs> That's, how, whoa. All right. <laughs> I, I'm impressed. There you go. That's We've broken so I, out I the do, one-dimensional mold. <laughs> I leave the lab. I go do other things. <laughs> Let me test some of this over here, mate. <laughs> anyway, excellent beakers you have. So when uh, dug up fossils in Florida, I found a claw of a sloth. It was cool. Jesus. Now we're back to science. Uh, anyway, oh, off, off the science, yeah. yeah, off the science. So, but talking about bringing it back to comics, uh, everybody's got to go check out uh, the new Graphically website. Uh, graphically.com, uh, iFanboy's parent company, launched a new website earlier this week, and it's pretty awesome. Um, brand new, uh, brand new design, much, much improved from the old site. I'm, I'm sure a lot of everyone would agree in terms of look and feel. Um, great new, uh, great new database of all the comics and characters and creators that are on the Graphically library. Now, user profiles are there. 
there. You can follow your friends. You can see what they're buying and reading and, and participate in that way. Um, and the great new thing about it is that the comic reader, you can take it with you. You can t- grab the embed code, go put it on your site, go put it on your blog, share it people, tell, you know, show people the comics you like, and um, and now creators can sell their comics that way. And it's uh, really you know uh, uh, some cool stuff that I know um, that Josh does as well that we know that we, uh, Graphly's been working on for a while, so it's great to see it yeah. all come out into the wild. Um, we've got over 4,000 comics in the library from Marvel, Top Cow, Boom, IDW, Arkea, you name it, they're mostly there. And um, uh, as well as uh, in addition to the website, now there's uh, we still got great apps uh, for Android and iPhone and iOS. So now is the best time, better than ever, to go check out Graphically. If you checked it out a couple months ago and dismissed it because you didn't like the design or the site or something like that, do me a favor. Do me a personal favor. Check it out again. Sign up. Give it a shot. Um, you can do that all at graphically.com and follow them on Twitter at twitter.com slash graphically. And uh, yeah, and, and, and keep supporting Graphically because that keeps iFanboy uh, with the lights on. So it's important. It is much faster. How's yes, that? it's much faster. Yeah. Like it's much. I, that's the I'm thing. Not gonna, I'm not going to tell before, but I'm just saying right now it's much faster. Well, that, that's the thing about it's funny because anybody who listens who works in web development or software development or anything like that knows that quite often there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that you, the user, never realize or know about. And this was definitely one of those things where so much work was done on the back end and on the infrastructure and on stuff like that. Um, so it's really, really, really solid now, and and it's really fast. And you can buy the stuff on the website. You can take it to the apps and go read it mobile, vice versa. It's all you know, all contained on one platform, so it's really, it's really quite convenient. So I can I can tell you this: the people who built it are very smart. Yes, I don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> but they they they're very smart. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back to the, the, this week's comics. Uh, this was a joyous, joyous occasion. As I mentioned in in the light week post earlier this week, we got a we got a little taste of the empowered from Adam Warren. Um, the uh, Empowered Special Number Two came out, and this is a digest size but issue kind of format, um, little twenty-two pager uh, to kind of whet your appetite to get you excited for the next volume of Empowered, which is one of the best comic books that are that are published. Um, and uh, it's got a little preview of uh, Volume Seven, which is coming up soon. But this was awesome because uh, it was uh, it's called Ten, uh, Ten Questions for the Maid Man, and features uh, Empowered story in black and white, but then the Maid Man's uh, story is fully colored, which is rare for Empowered. So Empowered fans. Definitely want to check that out. I thought that it was a Mad Men crossover when I glanced. No, Made Man. Uh, if, if anybody been reading Blue Estate from, I Image? have the issues and I haven't read them yet. I'm uh, an issue it's behind. A, it's a little crime story that's taking place, and it's uh, it's real good. This is oh, issue wait, number I read three. The first issue. The first, This is the yeah. this is the Tarantino esque one, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of really horrible people doing horrible things to each other, and so it's I, just. I read the first issue. I've got the two issues waiting for me, and I haven't read Green Wake yet, but I have those as well. So uh, it, it is weird s- how those are. I guess it's the color. Yeah, the, the color thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the same it's time fun. Yeah. It's a it's a really fun book. It's really good looking. This one's all about the lion who is a shitty uh, Russian criminal who does not do well, but he refers to himself as the lion, which is funny. Yeah. If you look at the cover, it really makes up for it. So Glamorpus is still. Oh, Glamorpus, Glamorpus number nine. Well, nineteen issues. Well, here's the, well, here's the thing. Why I wanted to call out Glamorpus is because I was looking at it across the 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 uh, across the floor at the comic book store, and I looked at the cover, and it looked like very Mike Allred. And mm. I was like, I was like, oh, is Dave Sim aping Mike Allred? And I got closer to it, and sure enough, he got Allred to do the cover, which was awesome. And it had a topless lady with a drink in one hand and a mirror in the other hand, a little black bar over her nipples. And um and th- this uh the fashion side of things was uh, sexy time. 
Um, it was all kind of fetishy kind of drawings and things like that, uh, which was kind of curious and interesting. But um, but beyond that, if you can get beyond the fetish drawings, um, it's it keeps going. And I got to tell you, the, the from a comics history standpoint, I say it every time we talk about this. It is one of my favorite comics, and I'm learning so much about Stan Drake and um, all and all you know all the other guys that were doing the um, the comic strips of the '50s. It was just uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, so I, I love it. I think it's great. And so, yes, 19 issues, and he's never going to stop. That's what's great. He's just yeah. uh, never going to stop. I mean, yeah. he's still dead. Well, no, I don't know if until he's dead, but until he tell, I mean, he's telling he's telling a story about Alex Raymond and Stan Drake and all these guys, and there's a there's a straight up narrative. I just wish that that part was longer. You know, like half the mm-hmm. book is the fashiony stuff, and the other half is the uh, history stuff. But uh, love it. So, well, all right. Yeah. Um, Many, many years ago, it seemed like there was a little miniseries, four or five issues from Image called Screamland. I remember and that it one. was it was about uh, monsters who, if they, uh, it's sort of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. If the, the monsters in the movies were actually real monsters and they were very famous and, of course, they have a downfall and then they're replaced by, by young actors and CGI and things like that. And, they, you know, they have a rough go. Basically like old rock stars, just a bunch, a bunch of Keith Richards who happen to be Wolfmen. Uh, no, there's a there, but uh, it was a fun little miniseries, and it, it never came back. And I was like, well, that sucks. Um, and if you listen to the uh, Don't Miss podcast this week earlier, you would have heard me talk to Christopher Sabella, who's the co-writer on this with the uh, other uh, series co-creator, Harold Sipe. Uh And it's back with a new number one, and uh, it's it's just more of uh, the stuff that made it fun before. Uh, it's just a fun little take on sort of celebrity and and sort of the the things that make up sort of Hollywood history and the the horror movie genres and things like that. Uh, it's funny. It's uh, the art's really sort of uh, playful and and, and good. And uh, I definitely recommend it if you if you checked out that other one before, which I'm not sure a lot of people did. But uh, get back on, check it out, try something new. Awesome. This, I read this and it was the first time I'd read any Screamland, and I got through it just fine and thought it was a lot of fun. I agree with everything oh, yeah. you said. Definitely easy, easy to sort of jump on at. Now I like Andy Watson. I uh, love Andy Watson. I love Andy Watson. So, when you this tried very, it? did you really try it? Yeah, I did. This very odd book came out from Marvel by Andy Watson, which I noticed later was five dollars for the first issue, and I may not have tried it if I'd seen that. <laughs> um, Three issue miniseries called Fifteen Love about a girl at a very competitive tennis school because <laughs> they have those awesome. They have tennis, like like a boarding school where they everyone plays tennis. Okay. Uh, and she uh, has to keep up in the ranks or she'll get kicked out of school, except she's come in last place. All right. And she's worried about losing. So she hires a tennis coach who's like a slovenly, dumpy dude, and they can't tell. You can't. You don't know who's the good guy. No one knows why she's going with him. Uh, ooh, I, I, I like Andy Watson, but I don't. I'm not gonna read this more. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this book exist? I, I, I don't know. That's the other reason I was like, why is Marvel publishing this? Why does it exist? Why does it look like this? It's, it's so by, curious. It's, it's basically, a, a, it looks like a manga book. It's Tommy Atsuka, which I think is somebody that oh, people know. It's very manga-esque, yeah, yeah. Well, I had, a, I had a roommate in college who was obsessed with an anime show that was about tennis. So this might be a thing. All right. It, there could be a whole subculture of people that all just want to read stories about people playing tennis. You, we don't know. It's just like everything is a little bit overdramatic and like the parents are jerks and the teachers are jerks and she doesn't believe in herself. It and sounds it's just, very manga-esque. It sounds, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, it is. It does, yeah. yeah. Or but Morning Glories with a Racket. One of why? 
No, that's a good book. Uh, <laughs> I, why did Marvel publish this? I don't know. That's crazy. It's very, it's very odd. But I tried it because I really do like Andy Watson, but I would like to see more of his um, cartoon stuff yeah. that he does himself. All right. Fair enough. Cool. I tried. You tried this. You tried something new. I'm proud of you. Normally you don't do that. So, um, so the, a little mini Marvel event uh, come, uh, started this week with the Iron Age Alpha came out, uh, written by Rob Williams. Uh, is the, or was the art by Rebecca Isaacs? Uh, yes. Yes, art by Rebecca Isaacs, who I really like a lot. Um, so it was good. Um, I, I actually did enjoy this, actually. The art, yeah. Yeah, the art was really good. Um, I like the story, too. The story was really good. I mean, basically, a, a disgruntled ex-employee of Tony Stark tries to get back at him. And I feel like that story has been told. For, oh, yeah. Like, they keep doing that a lot. But um, he alters a time platform, and uh, one of Doctor Doom's time platforms, and, and plucks out uh, Dark Phoenix and brings her back to the present. And um, then something happens and changes, and Tony and is in a different, you know, a different reality now. And Tony, uh, our Tony, is in this reality where drunk t- the Tony in their reality is still drunk, and it ends with a fantastic last page of drunk uh, Tony with like a pimp hat and the pimp scarf, and like a, a, a hold, holding some playing cards, passed out on a che- on a couch. <laughs> I can get behind that. Yeah, it was really good, and, and it had me thinking, had me wondering. Now, you know how Marvel sometimes does these little events that are like on the outside of things and they don't really matter um, and they tell they tell a good story, but then then it doesn't really affect things. You know, like recently, like Onslaught returns happened and that didn't hit, affect anything, um, but sometimes they do affect things. And if they're looking for a way to bring back Gene, is this the way? Not in this book. No, you never know. You never I know. think I thought. No, I don't. I didn't get I mean, I didn't think this story really had anything to do with Gene. It was just a plot device to get the world to end so Iron Man had to go back in time. True, possibly, but we'll see. I mean, no, it's I, just like the it's like the I Phoenix guess, gun. Yeah. Why do they keep those rooms unlocked where you can do things like that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Shouldn't his pass card not let him in there? <laughs> but so then la- the last one I just want to mention quickly is uh, Savage Dragon number 171, um, continuing the greatness of Savage Dragon by Eric Larson. But what was even cooler was the the um, the backup story. They've been doing those Twisted Savage Dragon funnies. And this one was written by uh, Joe Keating and with art by not just um, not just Eric Larson, but Eric Larson, Dean Haspel, um, a whole bunch of other names. And it was, it was a lot of fun. They each did one page of the story. And it was great to see so many different artists working on it. It was just true Savage Dragon fun, no, true Savage Dragon awesomeness. So is that is that Eisner Award winning editor Joe Keating? Yes, it is actually. In fact, wow. so, yeah. So <laughs> cool. So um, so those are the books that came out this week, uh, and many more came out. Um, but uh, before we get to the user reviews, we want to highlight the those of you in the iFan base who made your picks of the week. So you went to iFanboy.com, did your pull list, came back, did your uh, ratings and your reviews, and these are the top five uh, books that were rated pick of the week and now keep in mind this at the time recording so by the time you look at this this might have changed slightly but probably it's been pretty consistent the the, um, the, the order is usually the same yeah about right so um so number five is flashpoint frankenstein and the creatures of the unknown number one with six percent of the pick of the week percentages which is a good showing for a, a tie-in book um, schluck that was hitler's head yes um number four was scalp number 49 with about eight percent of the of the picks of picks of the week so the scalp uh, crowd checking in uh the ever popular making me want to read it uh journey into yeah. mystery number 624 uh gets the number three spot with nine percent of the picks pick of the weeks which is awesome um and then number two was ultimate spider-man number 159 with 26 percent, which is a strong showing and the number one pick of the week a rare case of the iFan base agreeing with one of us. Uh, American Vampire Survival of the Fittest number one got 31% of the pick of the weeks. So pretty cool. It's 
fairly overwhelming. Yeah. So um, speaking of the ultra popular journey into mystery number 624, we've got a user review here. Um, and it comes from Jay Dudley, who reviewed, uh, reviewed Journey into Mystery number 624, gave it a 5 out of 5 on story and a 5 out of 5 on art. And as I mentioned, 9% of you made it your pick of the week. And Jay Dudley says, allow me to extrapolate on what it was about this book that made me, that, that made me grin, laugh, and whisper aloud things like, whoa, and oh, shit. Short answer, this comic is bloody brilliant. This is Marvel's Thor mythos through the lens of a pure, unadulterated fantasy. Like the very best work of fiction, the drama and the action of the story are both pushed forward by truly engaging character development. This is Loki's adventure at its core, and in many ways it is structured like an origin story for the reborn god of mischief. That's really well written, dude. It was. I want to read that. I'm, I, I, so, Ryan, are you reading this? Or? I am, and, and oh. the, the line that this comic is bloody brilliant makes me curious that this might be Karen in disguise. But, it might be. It might um, be. <laughs> no, but I am reading this. Write my own what reviews. I, <laughs> it's not a bad strategy. Um, what I like about this book is I feel like I'm getting better insight into what's happening among the Norse gods in this book than I am in Fear Itself. Interesting. Well, I, from everything I've heard is Kieran's writing his ass off on this book. And it's really good. Yeah. Um, and when I, you know, I, this this is, there was a post that was on iFanboy right before the Thor movie came out about how the Thor mythology d- diverges from actual North mythology. So the, yeah. the Marvel versus the actual mythology. The Warriors and 3 and things like that. Kieran's actually weaving some of those things that have been left out of Marvel since the early days back into the mythology. And it's fantastic. I mean, Thor has his goats back yeah. in this book. Wow. So what more do you want? He's got giant goats with a chariot that he rides around in, and Kieran explains why. And it makes sense? And it's valid? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Loki tricked him into getting goats instead of horses. All right, there you go. (laughs) What more do you want? Yeah, not much more. All right, so... um, Me not want goats. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Josh, tell tell me about Punisher Max number 14 without spoiling it. Tom DePimp uh of punisher max number 14 gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five and it says uh, pick of the week percentage was uh just under two percent jason aaron is very clever not only has he explored frank castle's origin more than most writers in the past have he's carefully integrated i don't know if this is a spoiler but nick fury into the max line this issue has a great reveal that frank flirted with being on the other side of crime dylan's art continues the punisher max look and this issue really reminded me more of preacher than last than most issues interesting so He's, he's making. It sounds like he's making Max more like regular. A little bit, but I mean, Nick. They have Nick Fury both in Frank's past and in, in Frank's more recent present. To me, it's not a hundred percent clear that Nick Fury is real, or whether Frank's got something going on in his head. But mm-hmm. they do make Nick Fury age, so it is keeping to that little more realistic uh, timeline, I guess. But it's it's great. Is, I'm enjoying it a lot. Is this Nick Fury? What's what am I going for here? Black? No. 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 Nope. He's not. Uh, so it's not ultimate. No. It's not ultimate. All right. Regular Just curious. Type. Cool. So those are the books that came out this week. Go to ifanboy.com/comics and do your pull list and come back and rate and review and write reviews and we'll feature them on the show. Um, so on to the emails. It's been a while since we've dove into emails and voicemails. We're going to do that on the show. So I'm very excited. Our first email comes from John from Fork River, New Jersey, who's got a very simple question for us, gentlemen. You ready? And, and Ryan, your, your knowledge of medical science might come into here. Um, right. Can Wolverine be tattooed? Would his healing factor fight it off? Just pondering. Uh, my answer is no. Wolverine cannot. Wolverine was tattooed in Ultimate X Men, and it faded very quickly. And I agree with that assessment. I mean, he doesn't have scar tissue in general. You know, he's not Deadpool. Deadpool could get tattooed, I bet, but not Wolverine. Now, now, now a tattoo is is what dyed scar tissue. 
No, it's just ink injected under the skin. So, so why would that necessarily be healed? Because it's a foreign substance in it his body. Out, and I feel like I feel out. like he would. Yeah, yeah. Well, or I mean, or the next time he got you know flambéed by some fire-based villain, the skin would regrow without the ink in there. Right. So. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. I mean, I I I I think I agree with you, but for different reasons. I think that this it all depends on how fast the healing factor works. But I think that his body would heal the needle injection before the ink. You know, before they could finish the tattoo. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot of tiny injections though. I feel like he'd probably have a little bit of a tattoo until he got damaged enough that the skin there had to be repaired by his body and it would be yeah. repaired without the tattoo. So when when the healing factor isn't doesn't involve scar tissue. It's 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 regeneration. It should involve scar tissue, but right. that would severely hamper he Wolverine's get effectiveness. To the point, yeah, he doesn't get to the point that he has scar tissue, right? Because scar well, tissue should... is when it heals up and it it sort of is just like you know neutral. Yeah, right. And well, so the only t- he never yeah, gets there. I, I've wondered about this because the only tissue in your body that doesn't form scar tissue is bones. And so I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the, that's part of his mutation is that his body heals more like a bone than like a regular human body. That's hot. I know. <laughs> that's hot. That's I can't believe they never tried to give him a tattoo. Well, they did in Ultimate X. That, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, sorry. Sorry. Canon. And, uh, and also, it was just some some writer who thought that up. So you don't know. I mean, you you we. I don't know. I don't know. We have to find out. Okay. Again, we'll add it to our list of things to do on the iFanboy Mythbusters crossover. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a good idea. I could actually, I could make a call about that. Actually, at the I, very as long least, as I'm involved, yeah, it would be inconvenient and expensive yep. for him to try to get tattoos. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and it, it might the 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 permanence of it comes into question. Maybe if he put the ink on his claws. Well, yeah, because the claws aren't. Yeah, the, yeah. If he just accidentally cut his arm off. No, but or... you can't put ink on on. I mean, I, can you dip adamantium in paint? Would it stay? <laughs> That would only benefit – see, no, that would only – yes, because, but that would only benefit you if he had unbreakable skin. That is how you would tattoo Luke Cage, for example. Mm, there you go. No, but, no, no. I was talking about putting ink on the claws. Right, and, dipping like, his des- claws in ink then dipping like, his claw into his own skin. Oh, I just thought we were designing the claws, like giving him some fire. No, no, no. Like, I'm yeah, saying okay. he's using the claws to tattoo himself, so he's puncturing his own skin with the ink dip claw. Oh, I thought yeah. we were just decorating his claws and I got excited. I don't think that would actually make a difference. I was just <laughs> so like, so like, funny. So like henna? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine could get henna. He doesn't bathe often, so that's uh, probably a good way to Although go. The hair might get. He's right. very hairy. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. see it. That's the. That's probably what would mess up the tattoo the most. Actually, is the fact that they couldn't keep his hair. Oh yeah, the hair growth. Him. Yeah, they'd try and if shave sh- the area, but it wouldn't work. If he shaved, like if he wanted to be a swimmer, which wouldn't work, he's very heavy. Yeah. But if he yeah, did, exactly. and you had to shave his chest, how fast would it grow back? It's a good question. Well, uh, I, I feel like there's a, there's varying degrees of speed of the healing factor based on his health and stuff like that, right? I mean, based on the so, needs of the story. So if he, okay, well, if that's the case, then if he like got the shit beat out of him and and like like really badly, but just when his, they gave him the tattoo, right when his sort of skin came back together, then it might stick around. Maybe I, I, I still posit that it would stick around until his skin was so damaged that it had to regrow in the first. Yeah, place. but that's anything. I could I could scrape off my tattoo now. Sure. You try. You, your skin wouldn't grow back without scar tissue. Whereas it depends on how that movie comes out. <laughs> Listen, I, I, got have, lo- I got a lot riding on this movie. I'm, <laughs> I may have made a big mistake <laughs> 12 years ago. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Next email. 
Uh, Robert from Arizona says, I'm so happy with DC Comics finally moving into the 21st century and offering all their comics same day in digital and digital in the same day in digital arena. It tells me at least someone at DC understands that to, to quote the Borg, resistance is futile. Well, you just got so like you prepared the script, you copied and pasted this email, and you just got so disappointed at a Borg reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's not helping us as a group. All right. The most appropriate thing for them to do is to – I didn't want to say it. You heard the ad in the last show? The most appropriate thing for them to do is to adapt quickly and try to bring the new readers in with this model. Even though I love several local comic book stores, if the only way to ensure the longevity of the industry is to buy directly from the producers, I think that that is sad but an acceptable sacrifice. Having said that, I also think that this is a great business move by DC. As the Kindle has taught us, people are lazy. <laughs> and if you give them the reading material they desire without requiring them to get up and make a trek to the store, they are much more likely to purchase and purchase more often. What do you all think? We needed the Kindle to tell us people are lazy? Well, because Kindle sales are doubled and blah, blah, blah. Like the, the Amazon, Amazon sold more books on the Kindle than on physical books, and that's a big oh. deal. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, think- I- Oh, you go ahead. Well, no, as you say, I mean, like we've said it before. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad too that DC made this move because it's a, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when the when the record companies finally embraced MP3 and moved forward and that sort of thing. But, uh, but that said, I, I, I fear that he's putting too much stock in this move. I, I do too. I think yeah. that a lot of the early conversations have been around the fact that more people, more people will buy digitally if if it's available, and I think that that's true. But I. I I think people worry too much that digital will replace paper. I feel like yep. most of the people who are buying in paper will continue to do so. And by making digital available, uh, you're, you're giving other people an option to do it that might well, not I, have. Before. Yeah, I think, I think the potential for digital is to bring in people who aren't us to try it out. For people, you know, like the, you know, like the, the tablet sales are, are taken off now between both the iPad and Android tablets. They're doing really, really well. Um, you know, as well as you know, as well as just digital kind of in general. Like we work for graphically, we know we know the power of it. But I mean, I look at it at the music, like the music example again. Like MP3s, you know, tons of sales. Amazon has got a store. iTunes, like they're they're it's a real v- uh, viable business. And I just spent three hundred dollars on a new record player, and I I bought a ton of new records recently. You know what I mean? And, like, and the thing is, I feel like most of the people who buy comics now on a regular basis, Wednesday comic book issue buyers, are. The comic book equivalent of a record record player buyer. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there's definitely like we've seen them a lot. Like people who would switch to digital. I, you know, if everything was available day and day and day digitally, you know, for my job, I would probably buy most stuff digital. I, I would. I read a lot of stuff that way anyway. Um, so. You know, yes, what, what's, what's really interesting is that I have yet to embrace, like I've got, I've, I have an Android tablet, I have an iPad, I've got my laptop, I'm right at the cutting edge of it and I've yet to, like we get a lot of stuff from publishers to review and like sample copies of PDF. I, I find myself waiting until it comes out until I get the printed copy and reading it. You I mean, still buy them. Yeah, see, yeah. I don't buy them yeah. when I get stuff like yeah. that. Cause I, yeah, I'm like Josh. I've really got, I mean, I'm, I'm very used to reading stuff digitally and I really like the convenience of it, especially uh, when you travel. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, know. travel's the best. Well, yeah, well because, don't get me wrong. I mean, t- I mean fr- from a book standpoint, I mean, like I've read more books since I've gotten these, th- these devices than I have in years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I literally, j- I read The Great Gatsby in four days. You know, uh, it's a good one. It was really good. I can't believe how did that slip through? I th- uh, they I make think- people read it when they're too young. Well, yeah, no, I no, I didn't even read it. At, I didn't read it at all in high school. That's the thing. I mean, this is like a job. Remember when we were teasing you about you didn't read some book or something in high school? Yeah. This is totally, like I could. I sat back. I'm like, shit, I never read that. 
So, but, yeah. but when you're in high school, it's too it's too early for the Great Gatsby. You got to wait till like you're just finishing college when everything. No, no, no. But like it never even came up in any of my study. You know what I mean? Like I, I made it through high school and college. This is not about comics. Yeah, me neither. It's not about comics <laughs> at all. Wow. Anyway, no. Well, here, are you, do you want to finish your thought, or you feel like you're no? Okay I'm done. I'm it? done. Okay. Uh, the thing is that I I just like that it gives people more of a choice. But I really think that comic readers who are a very small market put a lot more importance on day and date than most of the world would because most of the world doesn't really care. Yeah, that's only important to us. Yes, exactly. Right. And, and we're, you know, there's not many of us. In fact, there's so little of us that DC is saying, you know what, let's, let's not worry about all of them and see if we can get other people to read. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the main problem is that, is that D, in April, I, I, haven't looked, I haven't digested the main numbers yet, but in April, DC's highest selling book was like Green Lantern at like 74,000. Yeah. That's, 70, that's the highest. That's the highest. That's 74,000 people. That's nothing. And so uh, most people are reading books that are selling, not most people, most DC books are like 20, 30,000 people. You know, you couldn't get a TV show on, you know, the O network, you know, like it's a really small audience, uh, that we take very seriously. And, you know, like this is our job, you know, but it's sort of insignificant. And so to open it up, to just open up another way for, for these people to read, uh, this stuff as it comes out, you know, I really, I applaud them. I think it's, I think it's a great idea. And I, I don't, I, I don't, people sometimes insinuate that it's callous to, 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 to root for digital because it would hurt sh- shops. I, I don't think it will. Yeah. I really don't. If anything, it will force people to go into shops more often and buy higher end items because they'll like it and they'll want to have the books. Yeah. I think, I hope I think so that's too. what I hope. Yeah. So cool. All right, so that is uh, answers the questions on email. And if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Uh, if you like this show, there's lots of ways to support it and the website. If you've been on the website this week, you can see how hard uh, we've been working to keep everybody up to date. And you can see a, f- a full list, for example, uh, right at the top of the page of uh, all the DC titles organized very well. We're very proud of that. Very collaborative yes. effort on the part of the team. Uh, useful for us as well as you. Um, but that, that stuff it all uh, needs your support, basically. We, do, we are part of Graphically, but most of, the, most of the support to keep everything going, lights on, and keep all these shows coming at you, uh, come from you guys. And uh, there's a bunch of ways that you can help support the site and keep the stuff free. Uh, you can click on the banners on ifanboy.com. Those are advertisers. You can make sure to support uh, those people because they're helping support us. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon and anything that you buy there, for example, if you wanted to get a Kindle, uh, that will for go. Example. For example. Which is Just shown a suggestion. Just, Although, you know, if, if you, I don't know if you want one because it's shown us that people are lazy. Like maybe you don't want to tr- face that truth about yourself when you get a Kindle. So. <laughs> Uh, but you can go to ifm.com slash Amazon. Anything you buy at Amazon uh, through there, uh, we'll, we'll get a little piece of it. And the most direct and important way that you can help become part of iFanboy is to be a member. Uh, a member supports the site directly, and as a, a sort of reward, a favor, we uh, try to give you stuff. We will give you, uh, make you eligible for contests and things like that. And the way that you can do that is to donate 4 bucks a month or $42 a year or 10 bucks a month or $100 a year. Uh, for that, you will get a uh, button, sticker, free comic book, and at the higher level, you get a T-shirt. Um, so we still need members. We still depend on you. You guys are still supporting us, and uh, that's very important to us, and we thank you very much for that. Uh, you guys are, are extremely important. But also uh, giveaways. We gave away a bunch of stuff last month. And, yeah, and we're gearing up to do it again, so uh, yeah, get ready. We, just, we build up piles, and then after those piles are full and exciting, then we give everything away. Yes. Am I eligible? No. Nope. No, you're not. Sorry. 
you want to be a member, you can go to ifanboy.com slash store. And uh, we thank you for everybody who has uh, become a member. You guys are awesome. We, we still like you, Ryan. It's not that I mean, I want to be a member. You right, just no. won't let me. Well, no, you're, like, you're the, like different than a member, but yeah, also yeah. special. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyway. Uh, all right, cool. So on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail is a, an old friend that we haven't heard from in a while. Hey, I listened to Five Fanboy special episode of reviewing X Men First Class, and it wasn't no five out of five. I say it was a two out of five. They treated all the black people like we were red shirts or just evil. Kevin Bacon is no evil mastermind. I mean, and even the plausible evil plan—that's the plan. That was just that was like a cartoon plan. I mean, the movie was okay, but it it. And I'm an X Men fan, but damn it, that movie was not a five out of five. It could have been better. Could have been a lot better. But it was what it was. Love the show. I think we're seeing a maturity, but I think that Definitely. the core of what makes Daryl Daryl. It's still definitely intact. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I, can't say, I, I, I can't say I disagree with him. It was what it was. That's what it was. It was. Yeah, it's but, true. But um, he makes, he, maybe he makes some good points. It's there. I respect him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the dramatic pause at the end. That, that was, was the favorite. best. <laughs> I love the show. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, we love you too. Thank Colin Moore. We miss you. You're awesome. He's too busy doing all his own stuff. He's, all, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a machine. It's huge. Yeah. So. Huge. Anyway, so cool. So go to uh, go to their phone and dial these numbers, one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven, and that's where you can leave us. That's the, that's that's your direct line to the iFanboy hotline, where you can leave us a voicemail. Ah. Try to keep it to about thirty seconds or so. Give us your name, where you're from, and it's always great to hear from you. So I, I opened up one that was one forty five, and I was like, I'm not even gonna listen to this. I can't well, use this. I can't, them, I can't, what do you want me to do? Don't tell them that. I listened to it, okay, but good. I still, could, still couldn't use it. Yeah. Uh, Don't Miss Podcast comes out every Monday. We've, we've been pretty good lately, so I'm not going to jinx it. But uh, this this next Monday, we'll be talking to uh, Mark Sable about Graveyard of the Empires, a new image book that is coming out. Uh, hopefully introduce you to some stuff you didn't know about, some other kind of cool comic book. That you don't even know about. Awesome. That you've never even heard of. So, And you can find Don't Miss over at ifanboy.com, uh, which is the home of everything having to do with comics and iFanboy. Uh, there you can read Josh's Pick of the Week review, as well as all the amazing, amazing, amazing writing that's been there. This week was a solid week with all the DC announcements and even a little couple of Marvel things in there. You had my reaction to the Uncanny X-Men news, uh, which I didn't, I didn't hear from any of the staffers. What did you think of my little post there, Josh? I think that you're you're uh, Welshing on your word. Yep, I'm a hypocrite, and I don't. I'm I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, well, as, yeah. as the Connor for this show, I am very disappointed. Well, you know, I, I I grew up a little. I matured a little. But anyway, so go to fanboy.com. You can read and see what we're talking about there, um, as well as check out the Don't Miss podcast, as well as Word Balloon and all the other great podcasts we got there. Go, and you go to Twitter.com/slash/ifanboy. Follow us on Twitter. Go to Facebook.com/slash/ifanboy. Be a fan of us on Facebook. Get all the up-to-date links and info. And our video show. Last week we were talking about superpowers, and this week we are talking about. Sure enough, Green Lantern, the next big movie. So. Is Josh showing off the tat? Actually, I don't think we referenced the tat at all. I'm, I, don't, yeah. I, t- I tend to, I tend to yeah. play that down. Yeah, it does. And also, it's important to note that next week, you know, with this upcoming week of Green Lantern, we're going to have a ton of Green Lantern content on iFanboy.com, and you can stay tuned for a written review as well as our audio podcast, which is going to be coming out later or coming out at some point in the week. So, uh, yeah. Con- contact us at iFanboy.com. 
contact at ifanboy.com. You can email that way. Or you can leave a voicemail, like we said, at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 if you get to her phone. Uh, with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion, you can, you can call in and leave a really long message. We just can't play it on the show. Exactly. We like to hear from you, though, Josh especially. Uh, so. I do. Yeah. I want to hear. I want. I want. I want you to write in a really long response to something instead of posting it on the website. Yeah. I don't I want you to post it on the website. <laughs> and finally, if you like what you've heard, if you dig what we do, uh, go to iTunes and write a review. We're trying to get to a thousand reviews, so um, be part of the magic. Um, <laughs> it almost sounds ridiculous, but then I'm like, no, I think we can do this. We can totally do it. So, and while you're there, why don't you try out and write a review for Ryan's podcast, Science Sort of. Yep, we're we're not even close to a thousand. We're an order of magnitude behind you guys. <laughs> but you started like last week, so last week we've been going for nearly two years now. <laughs> I know, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Uh, hey, no. we're, on the, we're on the main page on iTunes. I know everybody should everybody should listen to Science Sort of. It's if you're into the science stuff and into the stuff that Ryan writes about when he's on iFanboy, uh, definitely it's all in that podcast, and that's where you want to go. So my mom listens. <laughs> awesome, that's good. My she mom listen to this show. I don't think so. I need to introduce my mom to your podcast. Yeah, you should. I've been asking you to do this for years. Yep, exactly. Um, this is why you're not a member. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, my mom doesn't listen. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, so Ryan, uh, so science sort of. Where else can they? Where else can they find science sort of? Tell us about you, Ryan. Uh, I do science sort of every week. It's a weekly just show with me and two of my buddies where we just talk about science stories and what Sorry. beer we're drinking that week and and, uh, and the sort of side of science, you know, Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot every once in a while when, when they come up and need debunking. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing that. I love writing for iFanboy. Every once in a while I get an article up on marvel.com in roughly the same vein as sort of a, a comics and science type thing. And I'm on Twitter as helped. There you go. That's all you need. Awesome. Nice. All right, well, good job. Way to fill in for Connor, and who knows if uh, if the arraignment d- doesn't go as planned, you might be back. I'll go get a swim cap. Yeah, excellent. He so. was gunned down in Juarez. Back with us this week is Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> suburban tragedy. <laughs> no, that's not a suburban tragedy. That's a... That's a <laughs> suburbs of Juarez. Tra- tra- tragedy, <laughs> tragedy down under. Uh, not Australia. Not Australia. Down below, no, down below, I meant Mexico. So. Ross down north. old Mexico way. Yeah, exactly. Blood down old Mexico way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Ryan. I'm Josh, and that is how you vamp, people. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Summer comes to Springville. Yeah.